Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Based for our message is gospel lesson, the account of John pointing to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, Alfred L. Adler was a famous psychologist, and one day he put an ad in the paper about this 14-day cure plan. And he boasted that he could cure people of the, a mental problem or an emotional problem in just 14 days, as long as a person would do exactly what he told them to do. So a woman responded to the ad. She came to Adler, explained of extreme loneliness. And she was a little bit skeptical about what this plan might be, but he repeated it. And so she wasn't sure that this would really work, but he said, just follow what I say for the next 14 days. Finally, she goes, well, what am I supposed to do? And Adler said, for the next 14 days, I want you to do every day something for someone else, and then your loneliness will disappear. And the woman said, well, why should I do that? Why should I do anything for anybody else? They don't do anything for me. And Adler responded, it may take you 21 days. We can all be self-focused, right? It's part of our human nature to turn in on ourselves. That's why when we hear John, we really stand in amazement because he has a focus, but it's not on himself. His focus is on the Lord. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at John the Baptist's dogged focus to be reminded of where we are to be focused and as an example for us. And so as we come to the text, we, we keep in mind that the verses leading up to this, we are told that there were people from Jerusalem who came to John and asked him, are you the Messiah? And John would say, no. Are you a prophet? And John would say, no. Are you the prophet? No. Are you, are you Elijah? No. He goes on and on, denying and not talking about himself. And through it all, he keeps reminding them that, that he knew his role well. That he was called by God to point to Christ. And you get that from that conversation, a very clear picture that nothing is going to deter him from it. And that's exactly what he does. He didn't want to talk about himself. He wanted to focus on the Savior. But doesn't that kind of stand in contrast to ourselves? in our own conversation. How often don't we like to talk about ourselves, right? Even when we hear somebody else telling a story, what's going through our mind? As they tell the story, isn't it time, aren't there times when you think about things in your own life that kind of match that? And as it goes along further, you think more and more about the things that parallel. And when they're done with the story, what are you ready to do? To launch into your own story, right? That, that kind of matches it. We, we filter everything through ourselves, don't we? We hear the news and we think about how it affects us. The weather, how is it going to affect us? We judge whether a thing is good or bad by whether it's what we want or what we desire. We make everything about ourselves. Because that's sin. That's what sin does. Sin turns us toward ourselves. Turns in upon ourselves. And that's why the message of John is so important for us to hear. Because John focuses on Christ and on Christ alone. And we see it right away. We're told that John see, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's John's role. He says it again later, the, the Lamb of God. He continues to point to Christ. But it's interesting the message that he brings. The Lamb of God. When the people hear the Lamb, what are they thinking of? Think about sacrifice, right? The sacrifice that God demanded from the Old Testament. But don't you think they're also thinking about the sacrifices that they made? Their journeys to the temple. 
their sacrifices. No doubt they thought about their lamb, their turtle doves, those things that they brought. But, but notice what John says, the lamb of God. John is highlighting that what man has to offer just isn't enough. All those sacrifices that people offered in the temple again and again and again couldn't truly take away the sins of the world. But it's only what God could offer that could do anything. The sacrifices of the people were only beneficial because they pointed to this lamb. In the end, it was about what God was doing for the people, not what the people were doing. The people were coming and acknowledged their sins, but there as they came and offered the gift based on the lamb who was to come, the lamb that John is pointing to, God was in his grace forgiving sin. It was about God's action. And that's the way it is for us today. But we sometimes lose sight of that. When we think about worship, what's it about? We often look at it from our standpoint right? We, we, we focus on what we have to offer. We, we, we evaluate the worship on how we feel. How did this sermon affect me or, or what kind of emotions the music brought about? We talk about what it is for us. We even ask that question, well, what did you get out of it? Or what did you put into it? It's evaluated by what we feel. But is that what worship is really about? Aren't we gathered here not because of what we have to offer? It's not about our emotions. Aren't we here because of what God has to offer? Are we not here because God is serving us? Are we not here because it's God's gift that he gives to us? And the beauty of that is he gives it regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of how you feel. The gifts of his forgiveness, of his life and salvation are yours today. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter the ups and the downs, whatever you experience, Christ is here. The gifts are here. And they're here because they're based on reality and they're based on historic events. It's based on the fact that God himself at a certain time in a certain place took on flesh and became man and God at the same time. Your sins are taken care of because on a certain day, the Lord went to the cross. You are forgiven and have life because on a certain day, our Lord came back from the grave. That people were able to see him, talk to him, eat with him, touch him. That it's a reality that these gifts are based on. And because they're based on the reality, we can know that they are true. God has said that he is here to announce to you, no matter what your sin, no matter what you have, no matter what guilt or shame you may experience, you are forgiven. You are loved. It's not about us. It's about what God does for you and continues to do for you. It's also interesting that as we look at John's focus on the Lord, that it comes from God's revelation. Uh, I'm sure it struck you when you heard John say, I myself didn't know him. I don't know about you. Whenever I read that, I said, wait a minute. You're a relative of Jesus. Elizabeth and Zechariah had to tell you the stories about the birth, your birth, John, Jesus' birth. That those things had to be revealed to him. But what John is getting across is that he's a prophet called by God. That, that his knowledge of Jesus isn't based on his family history. But what God has revealed. Because God wanted John to clearly know that this Jesus was the son of God, the Messiah. And so he gave John a clear sign. 
In John's baptism of Jesus, John was able to recognize this truly is the one. But the promises to my parents and to Mary are true. When he saw the dove descend upon him, when he heard the voice coming out of heaven, there was no doubt this is the one that John was sent to proclaim and to point to. It's based on God's revelation to him. So as we think about our focus, again, it's not about us. It's about our Lord's revelation to us. And just as Jesus' baptism was a sign that he was the son of God, had the role of Messiah, your baptism is a clear sign that you are a child of God. It's a reality. It took place in time and in history. God chose you by name, called you by name, joined you to himself, and you are his. What a wonderful gift. So often in life, we have ups and downs. We begin to wonder about God's love, God's presence, all these things. But we have a clear sign. You were baptized. On those good days, remember, you were baptized. On those bad days, remember, you were baptized. You belong to him. And your circumstance do not change that. Jesus died for you. He rose you. He called you by name. There's something else with John's focus. John's focus influences others. It's the amazing way John, the gospel writer, puts this together for us. That, 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 that's, it's an, uh, he even does it by day, this day, the second day, and the next day. Because it's first one day, it's John pointing Andrew to the Lamb of God who takes the world. And then Andrew follows, right? But what does Andrew do after he follows? The next day, he's found telling Peter, I found the Messiah. And what does Peter eventually do? Become a fisher of men. Notice how this works. God uses someone to point another to the Lord, and then they begin pointing. And notice also that it didn't rest with the one pointing. John simply pointed. Andrew went and spent time with Jesus. Andrew just pointed. Peter went and spent time with Jesus. That was simply their role. It's a wonderful example for us. We can do the same thing. The very fact that you're here today reminds us that someone pointed to the lamb for you. And now we can point others to the lamb. But again, it's not about us. You know, sometimes we get worried about that. I might not be able to answer all the questions that they have. I might not say the things in the right way. I don't have it all together. But it's not about you. All you have to do is, there's the lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. It's the Lord that does the rest. It's the Holy Spirit that worked upon your heart. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that works on everybody's heart. Our role is just to point. What a wonderful opportunity is in a way that, that it takes the burden off. That, that as we focus on the Lord, the burden is lifted from us so that we can follow the example that our Lord gives us in John and Andrew and Peter. He enables us to do this. We trust that as we point people to, to the lamb, that he's the one that will receive them. Indeed, he's the lamb who died for the sins of the whole world. Again, at the end, we think about our sinful nature. It always wants to make everything about ourselves. But thankfully, we have a Lord that didn't make it about himself. We had a Lord that actually made it about us. He died for you. He rose for you. He comes to you. And because he's focused on you, you don't have to be. You can simply focus on him. 
He draws us to him to focus upon him, to find peace, to find comfort, to find love. And we can focus on him now and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith, to life everlasting. Amen.